0: John chapter 14 verses 1 through 6 Let not your hearts be troubled believe in God believe also in me in my father's house are many rooms if it were not so would I have told you that I would I not if it were not so would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you and if I go except through me
1: well good morning that one line in that song (laughs) you can pray for me you can feel the motion in my voice already it says truths unchanged from the dawn of time that will echo down through eternity that's really what my message is about today I I, I want to talk to you about the truth today. It does not change. And so, anyway, where should I, can can I have a stand up here somewhere, or should I go back there? Wherever you want to be is fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll adjust it if I need to, but thank you, Scott. Okay, you know, I I, I don't usually put a title on my message, but I, whoa, (laughs) can this support a Bible better, or is it, not? oh, Oh. (laughs) we'll do the best we can, okay, I don't usually put a title on my message, but I, when I was going through, I just, this title just stuck in my mind, it says, the truth is. The truth is. You know, if someone uses that statement and they're talking to somebody and they say, the truth is, the next thing they're going to say is probably what they really believe is true. After you sift through everything, the truth is this. And as I was uh, preparing for this week, I, I just thought of an old... TV game show. Boy, that's spiritual, isn't it? There was a show on when I was growing up and it was called To Tell the Truth. How many remember To Tell the Truth? Yeah, you just dated yourself. (laughs) To Tell the Truth. They would have three people come on the show and they would all stand up there at the beginning. And the one I watched was, uh, they all said, my name is Ted Geisel. And that's Dr. Seuss, if you don't recognize his regular name. And they all said they were Ted Geisel. then the four panelists asked them questions, and then they try to determine who is the real Ted Geisel, because that's what the host would ask at the end: "Will the real Ted Geisel please stand up?" And they would stand to their feet. You know, <laughs> Maybe I... <laughs> Thank you, my friend. We, speak, we speaker types have to stick together. Okay, thank you.
0: I knew that was about to happen to you, I've had it sink on me before.
1: Oh, okay, thank you, thank you. So anyway, what I want to talk to you about today is the truth. I want to talk about what it is, how to find it and how to properly use it, okay? So if you're a note-taker, that's my outline. What it is? <laughs> how to find it, and how to properly use it. You know, in the ni- or not 19, 1828 Webster's Dictionary, they define truth as that which is in conformity to fact and reality. That's something we're getting away from today. What, in fact, is true? What is reality? What is real? And that's what they wanted to know at the end of that game show every time it was on. Who, in fact, is the real Ted Geisel? Or whoever the person was. So, if we are going to Start a journey to know what is true, what the truth is. I believe the starting point is to know the one who is the truth. You know, we read it this morning already. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That is a very unpopular statement today, but it's true. You know, Paul affirmed that idea in the In Colossians when he said, he's talking about Christ and it says, In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We have to know Him if we want to know the truth. If we want to know wisdom. If we want to have knowledge. In Thessalonians, Paul says, he says, But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers, loved by God, because from the beginning, God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. Paul said, Brothers, I love you dearly, and I thank God that you believed the truth about Jesus. You believed that He died on that cross for you, that you were in need of that, that we were sinners, and that He rose from the dead, and He's alive. And if you believe in Him, you will have everlasting life. That's where the search for truth starts. You have to know the one who is the truth. The Bible talks about that we can have the mind of Christ. That's an interesting one to chew on sometimes. I want to know Him. I want to have His mind. I want to know the truth. So if that is true, then I must begin a journey of seeking the truth. And I thank God that He gave us a guide. And He gave us a book. But the guide I'm talking about is the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13 says, When He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. God wants to reveal His truth to us but He wants us to seek it. He says, if you seek Me with all your heart, you'll find Me. We have to be seekers. Our search for truth will bring us to ask the question over and over again, what does God really have to say about this? Because I know what He says is right. It's true. Matter of fact, Isaiah said, I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what is right. And then the writer to the Hebrews tags on to that and says, it is impossible for God to lie. It's impossible for God to lie. So our search for truth has to lead us to God and to His Word as the source of the truth He's revealed to us and recorded for us. Oh, my friends, I just... I just implore you and I exhort you and I commend you if you're doing it already to be a daily seeker of truth. Renew your minds with the living word of God. Be transformed by the truth. Are you waiting daily at the gates of truth, opening up this book to seek the truth, and store it up in your heart to treasure it? You know, next month, we're going to be starting a, a new journey. We haven't been collectively memorizing Scripture. We're going to start a new journey. Um, we've been working on this as elders, and we are going to challenge you next month to begin a new journey together with us to hide the Word of God in your heart, okay? But I'm not here to explain all that today, but I'm just giving you a heads up. It's coming. and And I... I'm just going to take a slight pause. Some of you just said in your head, I can't do that. Okay? Pray that God will help you with that. Okay? That you would be willing to try to hide the Word of God in your heart. Okay? So, oh, back back to my message. Okay. So, if I want to know the truth... I need to commit to be a seeker of the truth. I need to seek it daily. Now, I know some people react to that daily part. I'm not perfect. But as my life has gone on, the priority of the Word of God has grown. It's grown and grown in my life. That I, I look forward so dearly To being able to go into my study and close the door and be with God. Open His Word and to pray. That's one of the advantages of, at least it is in my life, of getting a little bit older where you don't have quite as many things going on but it seems like it's still awfully busy. (laughs) But to get alone and spend time with God. So, last thing. I want you You know, at the beginning I said something about how to use use the truth properly. You know, Ephesians 4.15 talks about speaking the truth in love. Now, the truth is a powerful weapon. There's no doubt about it. Hebrews 4.12 says, The Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Ephesians 6 talks about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It is a powerful weapon. It pierces into our lives. And I thank God for when He pierces into my life and reveals things that I need to know. But it's a weapon that has to be handled skillfully. I pray. when I, I feel the responsibility right now standing in front of you to speak the Word of God Accurately. Timothy. When Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And one translation says, Handling accurately the word of truth. We need to handle the word of God carefully, accurately, skillfully. Think of it more, instead of a sword, think of it more like a scalpel. Now, a surgeon doesn't recklessly use a scalpel. He uses it very skillfully, very carefully, with the intent of bringing healing. He's cutting into your flesh sometimes when we have a surgery, but it's for the intent of your good and for your healing. You know, Proverbs says that reckless words pierce like a sword. We can speak reckless words. We can use the word of God recklessly. But it says, the tongue of the wise brings healing. That's that picture of that surgeon with a scalpel. The one that's wise and skilled to use the word of God for the good of those they speak to. But you know, there's a key word that comes out in a couple of verses. And I realize this message is just a menagerie of verses today because it's a topical message for sure. But in Galatians 6.1, it says, Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. Notice that word gently. That's not with a sword. That's with a skillful hand more like a scalpel. The Word of God is to be used to restore. If we speak it accurately, and we speak it in love, and we speak it gently, God can bring restoration. Another verse that's very, very meaningful to me, I pray this a lot, that sometimes we're opposed Sometimes we're opposed by ideas. Sometimes we're just attacked for being a follower of Christ sometimes. Sometimes we're opposed, and God doesn't say, bring out the sword, and, well, He he does say bring out the sword. But He says, those who oppose Him, He's talking to Timothy, servants of God, He says, those who oppose Him, He must gently, instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance leading them to a knowledge of the truth so I'm going to bring the truth to bear on whatever the situation is I'm going to do it in love I'm going to do it gently and then I'm going to pray God grant them repentance if they are in rebellion to the truth rebellion against you lead them to a knowledge of the truth. Finally, well, let me back up one step. So speaking the word of God can be for restoration. It can be for healing. It can be to um, lead them, people to a knowledge of the truth. But it can also be more in our setting like here today and in our families it can be a powerful weapon to establish the next generation in the truth. And here's what I mean by that. You know we I so want the generations coming up after me now that I'm a grandfather It's not just my children. It's my grandchildren. And I'm even praying for the next generations. That they could see this world as God created it to be and how He designed it to function that they might see through the lens of God's truth, His Word, this world. Paul says in Romans 12 familiar phrase he says do not be conformed to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind i'm doing everything i can to impress my family in the value of the word of god i'm doing everything i can today to impress my whole church family the word of god You must know it, but if you're going to know it, you have to seek it, and then you can speak it and use it for good in the world. So I have a brief activity to end my message today. Usually you don't hear someone say, I have an activity to end my message today. And it involves standing to your feet. So it's not like quiz time at camp. You don't have to jump up fast. And if it's difficult for you to stand, you can just raise your hand. Okay, But most of you can stand up without too much difficulty. But if not, just raise your hand at the appropriate time. Here's the activity. This activity comes from Deuteronomy 6. This also a familiar passage. Moses is talking to the Israelites and he says, These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Okay, so he's talking to the older people. These commandments, get them in your heart. Know them. Trust them. Believe them. Then, he says, teach them diligently to your children. One translation says, impress them on your children. I kind of like that. Just like, You know, I used to like to play with Play-Doh and all those kinds of things. You would press something into the Play-Doh, right? You want to impress an image into that Play-Doh. You want to impress things into the hearts of the generation coming up behind you. So we're going to do that with just... Don't worry, I don't have a whole long list here. I've got two things I'm going to just do today. Here's how it works. I'm going to make a statement. Then I'm going to ask you to repeat it after me. Then I'm going to ask you... To stand up, if you believe it, if you really believe it, okay. Oh man, this could get dangerous. What's he going to throw out there? If you really believe this, okay. I want you to stand up, and the last time, I want you to say it with confidence. I want—I don't want you to say it so the person sitting beside. Like, Did he say that or not? No. I—I I want you to speak it out, if you believe it, okay. Now the first one. I hope I find good agreement on this one, because it's this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, I just want you to repeat it, just standing right, I mean, just sitting right now, okay? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, if you really believe that, I want you to stand up and say it one more time. Or just raise your hand if that's difficult for you to stand. Okay? One last time. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, you can be seated. You've also got the first verse in our memory verse program, okay? So, you're ahead of schedule. Okay, now I've got one more. I mean, obviously I could do more things, but I've chosen one more for today. Because this one, I believe, is it attaches with the one you just said. But I believe it's vitally important for the day we live in. And it's this. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. It's an important statement for the day we live in. I'd just like you to say it with me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wow. Now, if you really believe that, I'd like you to stand up one last time or raise your hand and say it with me one more time. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, remain standing for just a minute because I want you to look around and all of the kind of parent and grandparent and maybe great-grandparent ages, I want you to look around and try and find somebody that's younger than that. Now, most of them are back there in the back. Some of us might need to turn around. Okay? And parents, I want you to look right at your kids, if you've got kids here with you today. Or grandparents, you can look at your great-grandkids your or great-grandkids, whatever they are. I want you to look at them, but I want you to change one thing in this statement this time. Because you are going to declare something to the younger generation. And you're going to say, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Okay, let's catch someone's eye if you can. And let's say that. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. You can have a seat. You just made an impression. Remember I said impress those things on your children? Impress those things on the next generation. You just made an impression that you were willing to stand up in a public place like this and declare those truths. Now there's many more we could we could bring, but I just chose those two for today. Because in our culture today, the truth is being even like Romans talks about, the wicked, by the wickedness of men, they, they seek to suppress the truth. The truth is being suppressed, distorted, contradicted, just replaced with lies. If I'm going to know truth from lie, I need to be a seeker. I need to seek the truth. And then I need to speak it as God gives me opportunities, skillfully, gently, and in love. Hopefully you've got the message today, okay? I didn't tell you anything new today. That is when I preach. <laughs> but I seek to find something that I feel is really important to declare once again to all of you. So I'd just like you to pray with me to end this message, and then we'll wrap this up. Father, I am so grateful to you for Revealing Yourself to us. For making Yourself known to us. For sending Your Son into this world to show us who You are. To show us the way to be saved. And to provide that way through His death and resurrection. And God, I just... I pray You would take us from where we are today and just spur us on to seek your truth with all of our heart. Whatever that may look like, Father. Whether it's privately or maybe just choosing to come be a part of a Sunday school class or a small group. Or some something, place where we can be exhorted and encouraged and challenged with the word of God. Even more regularly than I am right now. So, God, I love the words of the psalmist that says, Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. Father, may that be so. We declared your truth in this place today. I pray, God, you would impress that on every young heart here and even deeper into our hearts. Bless your word in our lives in this coming week, I pray. In Jesus' name,
0: amen.